The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us here on Raising the Bar. I've been really excited for quite a long time to have today's guest on the show. We're going to be talking with Dick Anderson, the Executive Director of Orphan Network. Orphan Network, Orphan Network if I could talk today, is a great organization. Uh, they do a lot of work in Nicaragua, and not only do they do work there to help those that are already orphans, but they do a lot of um, things by taking action and implementing implementing certain things to actually prevent children from becoming an orphan statistic, and there's a lot of success stories to share today. Dick, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I was so excited to have you on. I know you and I have had, you know, we met years ago and were able to really connect, and so I was so grateful that you were happy to come on the show today. I was just wondering if you could kind of share a little bit about your story, maybe your personal journey and how you felt prompted to go ahead and get involved with um, serving orphans. Sure, you bet. It's uh, been quite a journey for me uh, that the Lord has had me on. Uh, I was very fortunate. I came to Christ as a young person and uh, I grew up in a family of Christians, so I had that, that firm foundation. Uh, I, coming out of uh, graduate school, MBA, I went down a path of uh, the corporate world and, and worked very hard to um, uh, develop a career within the corporate world. I was able to uh, work up to a number two position in a about a $400 million uh, company, thought I'd get the presidency, didn't get it, ended up going to another uh, company and worked with them uh, on a three-year contract and actually stayed with them for four years. And all of a sudden I found myself uh, out of work and uh, a little disillusioned because the corporate world didn't hold everything that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a lot of time and energy. Uh, my family had moved seven different times to take on different jobs and, and I thought I was going to be leading a company. And at the end, while we had made a lot of money and were doing well in that, I wasn't getting the satisfaction uh, out of that that uh, type of work. So I was in a, a, in a career change, or at least looking at one. And uh, as I was looking at between jobs, I looked at other big corporate jobs. I looked at starting my own company. And then I also went to Lord and said, hey, if you could use me in ministry, I'd love to do that ended up uh, landing at Willow Creek Community Church hmm. and uh, uh, ended uh, up as kind of a business guy for the church on the uh, management team with Bill Hybels and 
at time at that time it was Bill and John Orberg and Steve Strobel and Nancy Beach. Oh wow, okay. It's a great uh crew of people. And that crew of people grew the church to over twenty thousand uh people. We uh, launched a massive uh, campaign uh, called Chapter 2 in order to build the new um, uh, auditorium. And uh, I got a front row seat on that as a business guy, uh, handling all the business side of the church and all the different uh, ministries that, you know, support uh, um, the program that goes on um, um, uh, during the auditorium. So that was a great lesson for me, and of course, Bill Ibels, uh is probably the best leader I ever worked for, either in the corporate world or otherwise, and, and Bill has just such a great ability to cast vision. He, mm-hmm. you know, the, if I learned one thing from Bill Ibels, it was how to cast a clear and compelling uh, vision. And after working on the church side for eight years, I had an opportunity to move over to the Willow Creek Association and take this idea of being a part of a small team of people led by Gary Trumline to take the, the leadership summit globally. Right. And I don't know if you know, know the history about that, but the first year was we weren't sure it was going to be successful. Went to uh, 13 countries, 13 locations in nine countries. And it was just a fantastic success. And now, of course, uh, the Leadership Summit has become the Global Leadership Summit, and they're broadcasting in uh, 150 countries, 200 cities around the world. So it's just, it's just been a huge success. Yeah, I've been to a few of those, too, and they're amazing. So after so much success in the church on the business side and with Willow Creek Association, what was that stirring that finally was in you that really kind of was bringing you to serve children? Well, it was two. It was two things, Amy. First, um, as I would be traveling internationally in Central America, South America, a little bit of Africa, I would come in at night and uh, go to my hotel. And on the way to the hotel, ten o'clock at night, I would see children out on the street corners begging for money. And it just started to. Uh, it just started to work on me. And I'd see young women with babies in their arms and it i just started to say you know that is not right Right. somebody needs to do something and then as i spent more time uh uh, traveling and being in countries i began to think you know what these kids need is they need you know they need an education and they need jobs and they need a future and then it started to become, and you know, I, I, I know how to create jobs because I'm, I'm a business guy. And, uh, I know how to, I know how to motivate people because I saw Bill Hybels do it and be a great vision caster. And I began to think, you know, somebody with those kind of skills needs to do something. Somebody. And, fi- <laughs> and you know where I'm headed now. Right. Then it, it finally became, okay, I could be that someone. You know, right. and um, so that's what got me on a journey to say, okay, I want to, I want to do something to help these kids. Now, I've always worked for a large organization, either corporations or a large ministry. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try to make a run at World Vision or make a run at Compassion International. Right. And, and along the way, uh, Willow Creek Association pastor Michael Simone from uh, Virginia Beach contacted me and he said, hey, I'm looking for an executive director for a fledgling 
ministry. Uh, you know, I'm looking for a bright young person with a lot of energy. Yeah, and I, I said, okay, great. I'll 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 go through my list and see what I can come <laughs> up with. And um, as I was praying one night, I was saying, hey Lord, you know, I, I'm really busy. I'm trying to make all this happen with uh, the World Creek Association. If you could put a job in front of me. Uh, that I could go after that would be in child care and in helping orphans, I would really appreciate that. And, of course, I was thinking world vision or compassion or somebody's big. Right. And all of, all of a sudden it was like the Lord said, well, I just put a job in front of you last week and you didn't even look at it. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, that was my lead-in to Orphan Network and saying, really, Lord, do you want me to work for Orphan Network? Because at the time... Open Network had one full-time employee. They had a part-time bookkeeper that they couldn't uh, keep busy. Right. And they were serving about 700 children. That's huge, though. 700 children is huge. Yes, yes. It but is. But as the number of children uh, we're serving today uh, at over 22,000, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it was pretty small at that point in time. <laughs> Right. So what did your wife or your family think when you said like, hey, you know, you see me do all these really big things. And now I feel like God is telling me to do a really big thing with a really small organization and I'm going to go for it. Were they all on board right away? Was there a lot of were there a lot of things you had to weigh back and forth or was everybody just on board like, yes, go do it? Well, my wife has, my wife has been supportive. Uh, probably the biggest change is when we left the corporate world and gave up the perks of the, the supposed perks of the corporate world and then right. went to work for Willow Creek Church. That was probably the biggest change. And she could see, okay, um, she got behind that and she could see that that was a, a calling on my life. Uh, my kids have always said, no, oh, here goes crazy dad going off again. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, after I after I did that with Willow, which they kind of shook their heads at, and um, you know it, it meant for them it meant that instead of uh, brand new shoes whenever they wanted, it meant okay, well we're on a budget now, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, so they just kind of saw this as one more thing of uh, Dad going off and doing his uh, doing his thing. But I think the, uh, the way that I tried to position it is this is a faith journey. And for me, uh, the faith journey has led to greater and greater adventure in, in, in faith and trust in the Lord, and greater and greater uh, Lord showing me that by putting my faith in Him, he, you know, he, He's always going to be there. And um, Orphan Network was great because, uh, you know, in the corporate world, I never worried too much because the corporate, corporation had a lot of money. Um, in the church world, you know, Bill is such a great leader. They were not concerned there. But here at Tiny Little Orphan Network, uh, it was going to be, wow, Lord, if you don't show up, uh, these you know, kids aren't going to get fed. And I was worried more about kids getting fed, you know, than myself. Right, and so it's right. been a terrific faith journey just to see how the Lord is true. The Lord is faithful to His Word that He's going to provide for orphans. He's going to provide for poor children. And uh, I, I get to be, um, I get to be part of that journey that has made, you know, gets to be, uh, to make that happen. So, so now that's how, how I got from there to here. <laughs> yeah, and that's amazing. Now, how you've been with Orphan Network for eight years? Yes, that's good. Okay, we have um, 
probably about five minutes or so till the breaks, but I do, or till the breaks, but I do want to get into that. So in your first days of Orphan, or I'm sorry, we have six minutes. Awesome. Good. We have time. In your first days at Orphan Network, like, were you, since you're executive director, did you get to formulate the plan? Did you get to cast the vision of, for what your next steps were? They were already, you know, able to be helping 700 children. What was it that you kind of put in place to grow that? Well, the thing that attracted me to Orphan Network was their their model of ministry. And uh, the, mo- the model of in- ministry that Orphan Network really uh, uh, exudes is uh, wanting to create opportunities for people to be personally involved in the ministry. You know, of course, we need people to stroke checks and be involved with us, but it, it offers people the ability to not only stroke a check, but to be personally involved. Right. And the growth of our ministry has really been uh, uh, accomplished because we've had a lot of uh, individuals or families or business leaders uh, who have um, wanted to be personally involved, wanted to make a difference in this world, and they didn't know how to do it or how to do it well. And that's what Orphan Network offers to those, uh, to that group of people. So our growth has come more from individuals and families and businesses, and we've grown some through churches and that with our Smart Nations programs, but the primary growth has been helping people who not just only want to write stroke a check, but they want to be personally involved and they want to bring their skills. So I have people who uh, come down to Nicaragua and help with leadership development of our pastors. I have people that come down who run businesses that uh, do welding and, and air conditioning maintenance and so forth, and and uh, they want to get involved, and so they get their, their employees involved, and they're helping to teach welding skills to our kids in our orphanages, or helping kids that are in our transition uh, programs to teach welding skills. Uh, so I have a lot of personal involvement of people that are investing us. I have a lot of people that just want to uh, have a relationship with a pastor, so they come and they support right. a pastor in a community, uh, and they have a relationship, and they're supporting that pastor to reach their uh, their children for Jesus Christ in that community, and uh, they're very excited about that. But that's the thing that li- I like so much about Orphan Network's model is it was a model of uh, personal involvement and the opportunity for people to be personally involved. I think, um, and this is such a small experience, in the last few moments before we go to break, I can remember in my first interactions with Orphan Network, you know, back in 2000, um, 2009, 2010, even just getting little families together in my neighborhood to make Christmas cards to give to yes. each of the children was just such a great way for for me to feel involved at that time in my life and to include my children in that. And so it's one thing I really, really like about Orphan Network that even though it has grown so much, that individual involvement and that that feeling that you're giving is is so tangible. I want everybody listening to is please check out um, Orphan Network on, at their website and on social media, but be careful because we're spelling Orphan Network as one word. So it's O-R-P-H-E. 
A-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.org. So just one N, not two, because I know I keep misspelling it as I'm, as I'm t- <laughs> typing and talking about it and writing notes to myself. But yeah. please feel free to check out that website. You can find them also on all social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and see how you can get involved. Uh, like I said, we're going to go to break in a few moments. And when we come back, I would love to share to um, about Orphan Network and just the way it was created by actual high school students that were on a mission trip. I think that's an important thing to hear, to even just encourage our youth today and letting them know, like, look at this organization that's running now. Do you know it was started from people like you that had a heart for service and a heart for serving these kids? I I think um, there's a lot of kids out there with huge hearts, and if we can encourage them to look at things and, and what they can turn into in the future, it's just such a, such a huge um, positive encouragement to them. Um, so again, check out Orphan Network at orphannetwork.org and on all their social media handles. And Dick, you probably can't put this into a quick word in the last minute or so before we go to break, but in your experience so far, what would one or two words be and how your life has maybe changed in, in your last few years with Orphan Network? That's a toughie. Uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty easy because uh, the word would be faith, mm. and the word would be uh, how I have personally learned that putting uh, more of my faith in the Lord has uh, really, He has blessed that beyond the measure. You know, we read, we read in you know, Paul's epistles about you're going to be, you're, you know, you're going to do things immeasurably beyond what you thought possible, and that—that that is what's happening. And it's only because, uh, you know, I've put my faith that, okay, Lord, I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. I'm going to work like crazy. I'm going to be strategic. I'm going to be uh, getting wise counsel from other people, but. At the end of the day, we know that we're going to trust you for the outcome. And, Those uh, are awesome words. Show. We're going to take a quick break. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dick. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about Orphan Network. We're so excited that you're here. You're listening to Raising the Bar. And we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. 
Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybredo.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. We are talking with Dick Anderson today, uh, Executive Director of Orphan Network. And such a cool story, Dick. I know we were talking on the break. You know, let's talk about how Orphan Network started. And what I was saying to you is that I actually get very encouraged about a lot of our youth today. And just that I've been really um, lucky enough to learn about some kids that really have some big dreams and big goals to serve others. I think a lot of uh, the youth these days kind of gets a bad rap and depending on how kids are parented or how their heart is, there's a lot of good in this world. So, yeah. you know, just kind of focusing in on the younger generation, you know, let's talk about how Orphan Network actually started by kids on a mission trip. Like how did that go yeah. down? Yeah, it's a great story because uh, it was a it was a church that was new itself. Pastor Michael Simone, his church, uh, he had launched a church and he'd only been up and running for about two or three years. When they when the youth just you know wanted to go on a missions trip, so they got a connection to Nicaragua, and that's how we got there to an orphanage called Casa Berna Bay. And the youth group went down there to Casa Berna Bay to work with about uh, 55 children or so. And these children from Virginia Beach, uh, these these uh, young people from the youth group, were just wrecked by what they saw. They they couldn't believe the living conditions. They couldn't believe the uh, the lack of uh, quality clothing or good food or or education. And they were so uh, wrecked by it that they went back. And they said we gotta we gotta do something. So they started selling. This is back in the mid 1990s. So they said we gotta start selling our CDs, our CD players, anything we can to uh, get the uh, money down to support these kids and help improve their condition. Right. And um, one uh, one young man, uh, he uh, talked his parents into allowing him to sell all his uh, school clothes except for one shirt and one pair of pants. And he wore that every day uh, to school as a show of unity for the kids in uh, Nicaragua. Wow, it's amazing. You know, many times you go on a mission trip or serving trip as a young person, and it's kind of a mission trip high, and then next week you're back to normal. Right. But for this this young group, uh, it never went back to normal for them. They just continued to be uh, sold out for the children in Nicaragua, and so much so that the parents of the church got a little bit concerned that maybe they'd gotten connected with a cult. Okay. So the senior pastor came down, he saw, he brought some business guys down, they were going to figure it all out, you know, what was going on, and the same thing happened to them. They got wrecked, and that's what caused the church then to get behind 
um, this this uh, orphanage in uh, in Nicaragua. And then the senior pastor realized in the year 2000 that, they, hey, this is much bigger, the issues of the home and the issues of poor children in Nicaragua, the orphans of Nicaragua, is much bigger than any one church can handle. So he came up with this idea, why don't we create a network of like-minded individuals and churches and businesses that would have God's heart for orphans? So right. network and orphans, that's how you get to the word orphan network, the name of our ministry. And the youth group, after they graduated from high school, then they went off to college, and most of them went to college on the East Coast. So when they went to college, they all started clubs on the campuses there called the Nicaraguan Orphan Fund at the uh, University of Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, William and & Mary, and James Madison University. And those clubs still exist today. That is amazing. Uh, Orphan Network brings uh, teams of students down every year during spring break to love on and build into the kids in our homes in in the country. You know, one of the things that um, really strikes me about this organization, too, is really kind of um, implementing some skills into the families, like you said, to prevent a further, you know, epidemic of orphans. So what... You know, when I was reading a little bit about Orphan Network, um, I think there was that period of time where they just kind of felt like they were at a standstill. They needed, you know, like you said, people can write the check, but it's really about getting the community involved and the churches there involved as well, you know, to, to solve these issues. So how was it that you were able to engage the families or what did the action that was taken look like? You know, if you yes. see a, a family that's at risk, what does that yes. look like and what are the steps that are taken to help them? Well, in some respects, it goes back to our mission statement, which is to, to rescue, and that's rescue abandoned, abused, and orphaned kids to prevent vulnerable children from becoming abandoned, create opportunities for new life for both of them, and then share Christ with with everybody, because sharing Christ is uh, that's our ultimate goal. Right. Um, that's that's why we exist. But what was happening is in, their, in our orphanages, and that we were saying, okay, well, we're rescuing children. But then uh, we started working with some pastors in the country who wanted to help uh, provide health and nourishment for their children, and it, it created this whole prevent strategy that we call local church initiatives. And we're working in uh, communities of garbage dumps, refugee camps, communities of abject poverty, so the, the, the lowest income levels in the country. And through the local church, we're providing a hope and a future for those children. And by coming alongside and providing uh, nourishing food and medicines and clean water and toothbrushes and all the things that we do in our core services, now those families have hope that they can stay together and and uh, make it as a family. And that hope is coming through the local church. So we still have our orphanage initiative, which is we still have six uh, partner orphanages in Nicaragua. Still have about 350 children that are in there. But in our, in our prevent uh, part of our mission statement, our local church initiatives, we're working with 210 churches all throughout Nicaragua, and we're serving over 22,000 children through those churches. And so, of course, prevention is always cheaper than rescue. 
story right. less cost to help through the local church initiative than it is to have to um, uh, support a child that's in an orphanage and so forth. And the Lord has just really um, not only blessed uh, the efforts by helping to wipe out malnourishment in many communities for these kids, and now we're providing an education, an after-school education for them, and we're also providing job training for them, so we're now breaking the cycle of poverty for those children. But the really cool thing is because everything we do is through the local church, we are seeing thousands of children come, and their parents also come to Jesus Christ on an annual basis. And, and that's, that's the point of everything that we do. Absolutely. What is the best way for somebody to help? Like if someone asked, do you, um, for the orphans that are, for the kids that are in the orphanage, you know, do you do sponsorships, like how World Vision does some of that? Or is there a way for somebody to just contribute money to say, like, here, this is what I have. I would love to contribute this towards towards their food or towards their clothing or towards their health care. How would somebody do that? Is there a place on your website? Yes, yes. I mean, every, everything is on our website, as you would expect. Everything is there in terms of if you're interested in child sponsorship or having a relationship with a child in an orphanage, you can do that. If you're interested in uh, donating to the local church initiative, uh, we have great value in that. It, it costs $17 per child per month. But we're, because we work very well with uh, gift and kind organizations like Stop Hunger Now on the East Coast, Feed My Seven Children, Kids Against mm-hmm. Hunger here in the Midwest, and and also uh, Vitamin Angels, uh, Pat Robertson's organization, Operation Blessing. We're able to get goods for at no cost. We just have to pay the shipping to get them to Mecca. So we're providing uh, a cost of $17 per child per month, but we're providing $26 per child per month of value to those wow. kids in those local church initiatives. So as a business guy, you know, I'm, I, mean, I say I'm an ex-business guy, but I'm still a business guy. Yes. I love the value of that. I, I love, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, then people can go to our website and just indicate an interest uh, their family may want to get behind. We have several families that take on communities and if the family has the financial wherewithal to do it themselves, they do it by themselves. If they if they don't, they'll partner up with another family or two or three, four other families and say, hey, we want to make a difference. And then we want to go visit and we want to have a personal relationship with that pastor and with that community. And we make all that happen for, for people to... Again, for us, it's not just uh, providing the financial resources but it's the blessing of saying, I, I am personally involved, I'm personally making a difference, and I can see it in person too. I think, that, again, that's just one thing that really sticks out for me with Orphan Network because it is so hands-on. And, and I think that keeps people excited and it keeps them uh, engaged. In our last you know, little chunk of time here, before we go to break again, what are, what's a success story you can share with us, whether it be with a child in the orphanage or an at-risk family that you guys were able to uh, serve? Okay, well, the, the, the one that uh, easily comes to mind right now is a young girl. <laughs> her name is uh, Jennifer Lopez, so we call okay. her uh, affectionately J-Lo. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she grew up in the uh, Casa Bernabe uh, orphanage while she was at the orphanage. 
she was able to take advantage of the programs that we have in place. So one of our one of our things is uh, learning conversational English, so a child doesn't leave the home without knowing conversational English, without having the uh, computer literate, without having a good education and life skills. And uh, we also have a music program where we have a music teacher because music is good for math. And so our music teacher, we started out just with uh, having recorders. You know, right. handheld recorders, if you're familiar with that. I am. And now we have, uh, we have nine violins, we have a viola, we have two cellos, we have keyboards, drums, all that kind of stuff. So Jennifer Lotha took advantage of all of that. She has gotten a good college education, and now she is actually in Spain on a scholarship, a full scholarship from the European Union, uh, learning international relations because her career goal she would like to be an ambassador for Nicaragua. And oh my gosh. Uh, so now she's just getting a once-in-a-lifetime kind of uh, chance to make that happen. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. How old was she when you met her? She, well, the first time I met her was at the orphanage eight years ago, and she would have been about uh, 12 years old at the time. Was she there most of her life? Yes. And she and her brother, uh, Jackson, were there. Okay. Okay. She has a she has a mom. Uh, her dad uh, abandoned them at a very young age, and the mom just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't provide for them. Couldn't couldn't make it. So that's how she came to the home. So we have that, they... which is a great oh, success story. We also had children in our local church initiatives. Uh, one one young man by the name of Benjamin, who uh, came to the feeding program, was kind of on the periphery and that. And one day we were able to say, well, why don't you think about uh, joining our welding program? And so this business guy I was talking about uh, who has a welding company, a big company, and they teach welding skills, they were putting this on, and, and Benjamin started to participate in that. And now Benjamin is able to go out and get employment because of the skills that he learned because this guy from Newport News, Virginia, came down brought people from his company down to teach welding skills, and now Benjamin is a direct... Uh, so that's how you break the cycle of poverty, and that's that's what I dreamed about uh, all those years ago when I was traveling around for the World Week Association and saying, wow, you know, someone could make a difference. We could get the right <laughs> yeah. people. And so we're seeing the fruit of it. We're seeing the fruit of that. That's amazing. You know, in, in just a few moments before the break, too, how is the, um, just curious, because you said, you know, you're able to teach these kids these life skills and, and create opportunities for them to get employment, yet the economy in Nicaragua is probably, of course, not like the, that of the U.S. In, in any way, but are there jobs available I only ask because I'm not for, very familiar with Nicaragua, but where I would maybe be more familiar with some situations in Africa where education is available, but then you're stuck. Yeah. Well, you, your, your perception is good because you're right on track. In, in Nicaragua, uh, there's somewhere between, depending on the city and the country, there's somewhere between 45% and 65% on or under employment. So unemployment okay. means there's no jobs for employers involved, but people wake up every day and they figure out how they're going to make a few bucks. Right. You know, they might sell fruit on the street, wash windows, sell bags of water, that type of thing. Uh, 
But that's where, that's where, for the kids in our orphanages, we have what we call these targets on a wall that include speaking conversational English, that include being computer literate. Uh, in Nicaragua, uh, less than 50% of the children get a sixth grade education, yet the children coming out of our orphanages are all graduating with a high school education. Wow. And many are going on to college. So while the jobs may be limited, uh, our children are competing and winning those uh, those limited jobs. And um, this year, uh, for example, we're so excited because seven of our children that have aged out of the orphanages, we've been able to find them paid internships in Nicaragua. So they're working with uh, employers that we have contacts with, and I mean, you can't even get a paid internship here in the United States, and our no, kids in the can't. are getting paid internships. So, and of course, that's leading to them to then, after the paid internship, then they're being employed by these businesses because they've got the English skills, they've got the computer skills, and they've got the good education. Wow, that's so encouraging. And quickly before we go to break, I was just curious, you know, so say. We know that the children that come into the orphanages that you support, unfortunately, they're losing their families. They do have an advantage to get the education, and I and I do understand that. For the families that are vulnerable, that you're able to to help, do those children also have the chance at the same level of education, even though they stay with their families? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because that's that's what we're developing. When we first went into these communities, garbage dumps. You know, abject poverty. The first thing we needed to do was build a platform of health, because your brain develops most between age zero and five. And if you don't wipe out malnourishment for those kids, there won't be a future for them. There won't right. be an educational future. So that's the platform that we built through the local church in these communities. Now we're adding after-school programs. So we've developed to the point now that we have eight. Uh, after-school program pilots, and once we get the pilots down, then we will just replicate that and scale that to the rest of the churches that we're working on. That is amazing, Dick. We just have to get to break, and I'm so sorry. We're going to come back with that um, because I really want to talk about those those programs as well. You're listening to Raising the Bar. We're talking with Dick Anderson of Orphan Network, and we'll be back in just a moment. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. 
For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You know, Dick, before we went to the break, we were talking about um, different after-school programs where, you know, at-risk families that have kind of been helped out by Orphan Network, you know, um, can continue to enrich their children's lives through proper nutrition, through more education, because, you know, my, my question was, do they get the same education opportunities that the kids that are actually in the orphanages get? Uh, I know my son being in an orphanage in Africa, he was at a far better, greater advantage for education being in the orphanage, actually. So um, I was curious if, is, if that was how it worked. And then also, yeah. also let's talk about uh, some events you have coming up. Okay. Uh, the, the straight answer on the orphanages versus the, the communities and local church initiatives is that the children in the orphanage, because it's a much more controlled environment, our partners are with the children 24-7, uh, they're, they're the parents for them. The, oppor- the educational opportunity for the children in the orphanage is much greater. The starting point for the children, as you can imagine, living in a garbage dump or in a community that's making $2 a day or less, is a much lower starting point. So we've got to build, we've got to build from there. And of course, we have a plan to do that that will, you know, be, in a, it's a 20 year plan. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a three year plan. Right. But after we have that platform of health, and then we have an after-school education program, which then leads to uh, our children being trained so that they can get the jobs that are, are available, and then doing the job training, then we're going to break the cycle of poverty for those kids. And uh, it's going to take it, you know it's going to take a lot of effort. Like I said, it's, it's a 20-year plan, it's a 30-year plan. But uh, their starting point is so different and so much lower uh, than the children in our orphanage. So it's just what you have to, it's just the starting point that you have to, to go with. You got to go with what you got, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we were also talking during the break about how people can get involved. And we, I want to encourage everybody listening to please check out orphannetwork.org. And again, it is one word. There is only one N in orphannetwork.org. Uh, but find out how you can donate. And Dick had some great words during the break because uh, we want to encourage you to know that your involvement is legitimate. You can get personally involved, like on the ground involved. But also, if you feel like you're just led to donate to these specific programs we want to encourage you and also reassure you that your donations are safe and and being used wisely you guys are are great stewards of your funds so uh, i know you have an event coming up that's very exciting on october 7th with um party with a purpose and i just love the whole sound of that that's exciting because we all like to have a great time but partying with a purpose for such a great organization um sounds great and so yeah give us a little bit of background on how people can feel safe in their donations and how they can possibly get involved in your event on october 7th 
do that. Uh, Party with a Purpose is just a, a great thing that a guy uh, who came down to Nicaragua six years ago uh, came back. He was so motivated by what he saw. He said, i got to do something. I just can't sit still. I've got to get involved. He says, you know, I like to I like to go to parties. I like to throw parties, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to have a party for my friends, friends, but it's going to be party with a purpose. So now six years ago, party with a purpose uh, started. You know, first year event, we had about 150 people at, the, at that time, and it was just a huge success. And the way that uh, John puts the party together is he, he puts it together like it's a party that he would want to attend. So awesome. the, ticket, the ticket price, whatever you pay for the ticket price, which I believe is $55, you you get $55 of value. That's what he wants. And then anything you want to do above and beyond that goes for the purpose of the kids. And so we have silent auction, we have raffle, we have uh, wine grab, we have all different kinds of... Uh, things that people can get involved with uh, to help that. And you can go, if you just Google Party with a Purpose 2016, or if you go to Orphan Network's uh, website, uh, you'll see a link to Party with a Purpose. And it's here, it's at the Meadows Club uh, in Rolling Meadows. Awesome. Uh, it's October 7th. And the first year, like I said, we had 150 people. Last year, we had 450 people. Oh, Over wow. the last five years, we've raised $800,000 uh, $800, for the cause of our kids. So it's a, it's a great place to go, just have fun, dance. Uh, they've got mechanical bulls, they got games. <laughs> I mean, it's, if you go to the website, you'll just see it's a whole lot of fun. I'd it's, like to give uh, advice to anybody riding a mechanical bull. Make sure you wear jeans. I saw my husband ride a mechanical bull once in shorts. It was not a good situation. <laughs> it will destroy your legs. <laughs> so that's my public service announcement to anybody yeah. who's opting Very for mechanical good. bull riding. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's all fun and it's all legal. It's all legal. <laughs> <laughs> That is also a very good point to make for anybody listening. I love that. Uh, yeah, for anybody here listening in the northwest suburbs of Chicago or the Chicagoland area, you can find more information on Party with a Purpose if you Google Party with a Purpose 2016 or go to F- orphannetwork.org. Uh, you can find the link there as well. And what a great amount of fun. I mean, that that's, that's like a casual environment. It sounds like a great time. I'm sure there's you know, a lot of uh, great testimony there as well. Are there families there sharing or people that have been on the trips sharing at that event? Yeah, there, uh, we have um, people doing that. Uh, Eddie Morales, who is our director from Nicaragua, he comes up every year for the event so that he, uh, he and John Pizzaparro who puts the event on. I mean, they're, uh, they do a short program, but it helps people understand what's the purpose part of the party. So it's a chance for people to meet Eddie and get to know him. Several people there from Orphan Network, and, and many of the people that have been on trips, they come back each year, and uh, it's you know for them sometimes it's a reunion time to see Eddie, and, uh, and it's you know very enjoyable from that standpoint. You know, I'm trying to but figure you know, out who... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, but there's other ways people can get involved also. You know, uh, if the party is not their thing, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you can try, you can sponsor a child in our orphanage. But I would also throw out to people that 
you know, you can look at your church and you see what, what's our church doing for orphans and the vulnerable children in the world. You know, the Bible speaks very clearly in Proverbs 31.8 that we are to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And you can kind of look at what your church is doing. And Orphan Network, we've uh, actually trademarked the name Smart Missions because okay. we believe that there's a smart way to do missions and there are dumb ways to do missions. And uh, and that kind of goes back to the idea of Orphan Network wants to give children a hand up but not a hand out. We believe that uh, the children got to pull themselves up we're going to help them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to provide the basics. But uh, our, our our communities that we work with, the churches that we work with, the people have to. Uh, we have to give them a hand up, not a hand out. And it goes back to our definition of poverty. We believe that poverty is not uh, not a lack of money or maybe a lack of education. It's a lack of dignity and self-esteem. In other words, I was born in a garbage dump. Therefore, I am garbage, and right. whatever happens to garbage is what would you expect if I'm abused physically or sexually or, or all those things? Well, what would you expect of garbage? And instead, we have the opportunity to come alongside those children and say, oh, no, 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 you're not garbage. There's a God that loves you so much. There's a God that wants a relationship with you. There's a God, that, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about that God that has a plan in the future for you, and things can be different for you. And so it's really about building up the dignity and self-esteem of our children. And so we have a thing called Smart Missions. We we think dumb missions is when churches or whatever go down on trips and they help paint walls and build buildings, things that are actually robbing jobs from the uh, uh, local community. And if they just took that same money that they spent on the trip and actually used it in the local economy, they could create, they could stimulate the economy, they could create jobs and those types of things. So what Open Network tries to do through smart missions is use the talents of the people who right. come down in ways that it's not available in Nicaragua to provide for our children. And that's what we think is really smart. So, so people who are listening, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was saying people that are listening that want to look at their church and say, hey, are we doing smart missions and that? They might want to contact us to see how their church could be involved in, in Nicaragua. Same thing applies I, to uh, business partners. You know, Christian businessmen and women who have a company and they want their employees to know that they're about more than just uh, making a profit you know, making uh, uh, revenue and that type of thing. They want their employees to know that their employees are part of something that is doing good in this world. And um, the guy that does Party with a Purpose, John Fitzgerald, his whole company gets behind this event so that every employee knows, wow, we're working for a company, we're hitting it out of the park, we're all making a lot of money and this kind of stuff, but... Uh, we're doing so. We're doing good in this world, also, and uh, that has a huge impact. Not only a testimony of faith to those people, whether they're believers or not believers, but also, hey, this is a place where I'd like to work because this is a company that's more than just uh, trying to make a buck. And so, um, if you run a business that uh, has that and you have that kind of interest, 
you might consider contacting us to see what uh, what that relationship could look like. Right, and we have just a few minutes till the end of the show. You know, you bring up an interesting perspective because I myself in some certain situations, like I can understand that desire to go to build things or paint things in order to feel like you're contributing some sort of um, act of service or gifting to the people. And I, I really appreciated what you were saying because what a great thing it would be to even maybe travel there and bring the materials, but right, to employ the people in that area because giving them exactly. the, self, the self-worth and the satisfaction of knowing that they were actually able to create that and do that work is also hugely empowering. So I yeah. don't want to discourage anybody who has been able to be on a serving trip, you know, even people that work for like Habitat for Humanity and that type of thing. Like that's great work. But really to empower the people to be self-sustaining is is so encouraging. In our last few moments, I do want to encourage our listeners is please go to orphannetwork.org, find out how you can um, help contribute, find out ways you can um, maybe go on a serving trip and be be a part of Party with a Purpose coming up here in the Chicago area on October 7th. It's actually family weekend at the University of Kentucky. I wish I could attend this. Um, you know, I, I will be out of town, but I will definitely figure out who from my organization can be there because I think that would oh. just be such a great uh, event to to share with people, even through social media. Anybody listening to, please follow us on the Raising the Bar page on Facebook. We will be... Uh, I'm going to have Dick send me some pictures, too. He just found out about that right now. <laughs> but let, <laughs> I would love to, to be able to post your event and, and spread the word and spread the mission of Orphan Network. I can't even begin to thank you for you know coming on the show today, but I look so forward to my the future of our relationship and how I can partner with you even uh, individually and through the Echo Foundation and how we can support your guy support your mission and um, support your efforts. And you know, Dick, we've got about a minute left. You know, what else would you like to say to our listeners? Well, I think uh, there's a quote from a, uh, an author, his name is Gil Bale, that uh, I, I love I love this quote, and it's something that I like to share with people. It says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that, because what the world needs is people who come alive. And I would just uh, say to folks, again, what attracted me to Open Network was, um, you know, we have a great growing ministry. We're bringing people to Jesus Christ, but I love seeing people get involved. I love people seeing people who their own faith walk gets expanded because they stepped out in faith. And people who say, yeah, I think I'd like to do something, but I never know how. What It seems like, you know, it's like, oh, just take that first step. Just give us a call. We'll show you how you can do that. Because it's a journey that you'll never, uh, you'll never regret. It's a, uh, it's the greatest thing when you feel the Holy Spirit working through you and you know you're kind of in your sweet spot. There is nothing better than being in that spot. And that's what I've learned from working that work. Uh, I love that. I thank you again so much. So everybody listening, if you if you hear that voice and every hair in your body stands up and you know that your heart is on fire for something or to reach out and help or serve 
listen to it. You will not be sorry. Uh, you've been listening to Raising the Bar with me, Amy Bredo, and Dick Anderson from Orphan Network. Again, check out orphannetwork.org. Get involved until next time. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar.